Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Today, we have one of the superior keto specialists out there in our space, Maria Emmerich of mariamindbodyhealth.com. She's a nutritionist who specializes in the ketogenic diet and exercise physiology. She struggled with her own health and weight throughout her childhood, and that led her to become such a passionate nutrition expert. And she has written so many incredible books from the quick and easy ketogenic cooking to 30-day ketogenic cleanse. She's the author of eight other books, including several cookbooks, and has so many great opportunities on her website for you to get involved and change your health. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. You know, I was looking at your before photo, and <gasps> I suggest that anybody go to Maria Mind Body Health and take a look. It's pretty astounding. You didn't have an easy go at it. There were some real tough things that happened, and I'd like you to share your journey of, uh, you know, the, the health struggles that got you to this point. Well, yeah, you know, here we live in this society where we're, you know, selfies this and selfies that. I have to really dig into my parents' old, they moved uh, a few times. It's hard to find actual um, photos that are printed because that's how old I am. Uh, my before photos, um, that's where they come from. But I, um, when I was 16 years old, I went to the doctor because I just wasn't feeling well. Uh, I knew something wasn't right. Uh, with my hormones and things like that. I was diagnosed by my doctor with PCOS. Um, I also was given an antidepressant and an acid blocker. And what's interesting is my doctor said that she had acid reflux when she drank water. (laughs) And so I just thought it was kind of this normal process of aging. And I went home and that same week I took my vet, my, uh, my dog was a beautiful golden retriever to the vet. And the vet said, the first question, what are you feeding her? And that was something that my doctor never asked me. And I went home and I changed her diet first. And sure enough, her hair started growing back and I changed my diet and I started feeling better. I never filled those prescriptions. And Weight loss was really difficult for me, but I started to feel really happy. And so I like to call this the happy diet because almost immediately I started becoming a totally different person and coming out of my shell and being happy and kind. And so I just stuck with it. I went to school for nutrition and exercise physiology, and I was a rock climbing guide at first because I fell in love at the young age of 17. And we started adopting um, children, and my husband had a terrible job loss where we we pretty much lost everything. We lost our house and our cars, and I started – I remember writing in the library because I I had this terrible little computer that didn't work very well. So I went to the library, and I started writing because someone said, why don't you write down your recipes to help raise money for your adoption? And so I did that, and it, it helped me wake up in the morning. Um, it gave me reason to, you know, just focus on something else other than, you know, the detriment of having nothing. And, um, it blossomed. It, it really was this amazing journey. And 
I remember being really, really sad during this whole adoption process. And my mom said, Maria, your babies just weren't born yet. And I'm trying to hold it together as I say that because, like my kids, they they're like, they so cute too. They're like, the cutest things. Doppelgangers. They were really like meant for me. We were just playing cards before our Skype call. I really love being with them, and um, it really was like written in the stars. Let me ask you: Did you initially go right to keep? Like, how did you find out what diet to adopt to even make yourself feel better? What you know? Because you could have chosen any. Right. And so how did you know to make the choices you made? Well, I'll say I love food and I will always love food. Um, Weight Watchers was just not something that was interesting to me. I did not like the whole low fat cheese stuff. That's just gross. Um, And looking into what what causes PCOS. I mean, even, you know, back then you could look up what causes PCOS, excess carbohydrates and caffeine. And so I worked at coffee shops since the age of 15 years old. So I loved my coffee. Um, that came later giving that up, but I gave up a lot of carbohydrates. I started, I loved baking. And so I just started baking with different type of flours, like almond flour or coconut flour. And so I could still enjoy my, you know, treats. I just had them a little bit differently. Um, And for me, that helped me stay on the diet. I know that some people judge me or are really harsh on, you know, why do you still allow keto treats? Well, for me, it kept me on the diet for over 20 years. Um, I don't feel like if I, if it's, there's a birthday that comes up or something like that, I'm going to make a cake, a keto cake. And ever, you know, we live in a society where, you know, you think about Valentine's day or Christmas or whatever holiday food comes to mind. And so do I have a keto cake or a keto muffin every day? No, I don't. But if it's a special holiday, I, I, I sure love that I can make something that I don't feel awful or have um, maybe remission or, you know, like these issues come up. Because when I was a teenager, if I would cheat on the weekends, I definitely had um, hormonal imbalances come back up. You could see the, you know acne come back into play, the hormonal acne or the facial hair that's associated with PCOS. And so it was kind of an all or nothing thing for me. And the great thing is I love the food so much that I don't feel like this is a diet. I mean, I just had a hamburger for lunch. It's great. No, I mean, right. Yeah. It's, I I just had prime rib today and I mean, I couldn't even be happier. I ate like the whole thing probably over a course of four hours. It, you know, just kind of like, I feel great. I have never, I mean, it's just incredible. So simple. Um, your recipes are amazing. Your books are incredible. They're beautiful. They're very just, uh, user-friendly. The recipes are incredible and there's so much here. You also offer meal plans, coaching, certified keto coaches on your website. There are so many ways to get, you know, into this. And so you, you have been essentially doing a ketogenic diet for what, 20 years, did you say? Yep. Yep. I just feel that this is such a, you know, people can bash keto all they want. It's these testimonies that come in left and right, the people healing and feeling better that you can't deny the how awesome people are doing and thriving on the ketogenic diet. So I feel that there's definitely just like anything, there's a bad way to do vegan. There's a bad way to do keto. There's a bad way to do everything. But if you, you know, really get into start 
cooking at home and doing keto the right way, I think that people are going to see um, benefits that they never even dreamed of. Absolutely. And you have an Instant Pot cookbook, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that is the, you know, just what this just great device everybody's into right now because it makes things so easy. And so even if you just, you know, aren't even a cook and you can get that device, that in your book would, would really get someone started on the right track. And for people that, you know, the thing about keto is people think it's so quote strict and limiting. And so then they're not thinking outside the box in terms of flavors and it can seem like it might be a boring future. But if you look at some of your, if you look at some of your cookbooks, you'll see that it is no doubt not boring. Uh, you know, I feel that you need to think positive in any aspect of your life that you're changing. And instead of thinking, Oh, I can't, I can no longer have bread. I can no longer have cake or ice cream or whatever it is. You have to start thinking positive of all the things that you can have. Um, and I think that you'll be more successful in every aspect of life. If you start thinking on the positive side rather than the negative. And, you know, for me, um, I have a great mom, but she worked and I remember her being very stressed out when she would pick me up from school, even at the young age when I was in kindergarten. I just remember this anxiety feeling like she had nothing planned for dinner. And I think we all learn from our parents. And so at that young, you know, when I graduated from college, I just started preparing meals the night before. So my husband's awesome. He'll help clean up the kitchen. And now my kids do. They're eight and nine. So while they're cleaning up the kitchen, I'm getting stuff out for the next night. And I think that if you just play your game one step ahead of time, we plan our life in so many ways. I think that planning for food is just going to make less anxiety for the next day. So if I'm going to have, like I said, hamburgers, I took the ground hamburger out last night and had it you know, all ready and all the fixings ready. So all I had to do is fry the burgers a few minutes on each side and everything's ready and you know, ready to go. So if we just take a step back and prioritize mealtime, so you don't have to pick up food or, you know, get to go orders or whatever, it, it's not only going to save you time. People think that it's going to save time, but it was funny. Um, we have a Chipotle, maybe, I don't know, five miles from our house. And we got home from the beach and I said, okay, Craig, you turn your video camera on and I'm going to turn my camera on. And he took one child to Chipotle and ordered Chipotle. And I started cooking it at home and made our own, you know, homemade type Chipotle. And it took a lot less time making it at home, but we also had leftovers and it costs about a fourth of the amount. And we only have organic beef at home. And so it's more about just taking the time to do it. And I'm not coming from a judgmental way. I just want people to start feeling better. And to also realize that what seemingly is the cheaper option sometimes isn't. Right. <laughs> now let's talk a little bit. You know, I interviewed Dom D'Agostino and we were talking about, you know, keto and just the the studies and the benefits of for the heart being a preferred fuel. Yeah. Also for epilepsy. Right. And, uh, of course we know that anytime you can, uh, regulate blood glucose and, you know, adrenals, you're going to probably do well with anxiety and depression. Um, and you know, uh, Hashimoto's, everything else. I know that you really, you specialize in helping people with autoimmune disorders and all of these other issues and, and get helping people get off medication with your guidance. I mean, not that you're an MD telling people to get off, you know, but that you're guiding them in a way 
where they can eventually do that. I would love to hear um, your 180 success story. Um, I myself benefited by low-carb keto because I was pre-diabetic, and uh, even despite thinking I was doing things right. <laughs> right, uh, And, you know, again, it can happen to people unbeknownst to them. It can just creep up on you one day, even when you think that you're not the person. And I remember bawling my eyes out that day because I was like, how did this happen to me? <laughs> right? um, so I would love to hear some some kind of 180s of people that you've spoken to who've, who've benefited from this way of life and this way of eating. Well, I guess, you know, weight loss is, you know, great. That's the thing that you see the before after everybody's like, oh my gosh, you look like a new person. But one of my favorite stories is of Kiki. Um, I lifted I lifted weights at the gym a lot, and this one woman came up to me um, during a body pump class, and she said, um, "I'd like to hire you." And she was a very thin woman. She always wore a bandana though, and I noticed she didn't have any eyebrows. And so I said, "Absolutely." She came into my office, and we talked. Come to find out, she had alopecia. And which is like what, what kind of female balding or how do you, yep. And there's different mm-hmm. types, but it's, um, autoimmune, uh, basically hair loss. So she had no hair on her head, no eyebrows, no eyelashes. Um, and she always wore a bandana. Well, we did keto is going to be different depending on what your goals are. Okay. Mm-hmm. And especially with autoimmune diseases, we, We poo-poo gluten in the keto world, but nobody wants to address the dairy issue. Dairy is a big issue when it comes to autoimmune. It's a more common... Thank you for mentioning that. Gosh, that's why, I mean, um, that's why I do meal plans without dairy and with, you know, books without dairy because um, it's just this... Yeah, you have an easy dairy-free keto book. That's great. Cookbook. Yeah, and I understand we want that creamy mouthfeel. I'm from Wisconsin, so I understand, like, well, you can get cheese curds at... You're a cheese head. Yeah, <laughs> cheese heads. But anyway, so Kiki, we did the um, this protocol for her, and she was a professor, so I didn't usually see her during the school year. Well, six months went by, and all of a sudden she came back to the gym, and she had her darn bandana on, but she had tears in her eyes. She came up to me, ripped her bandana off, full head of hair, and she was crying. She had had her first haircut in 10 years. And as a woman... Oh, I want to cry for her. I'm so happy for her. Here, I didn't even want to do a video podcast with you because I didn't have my hair done. And here this woman, right, right. I know, I mean, how, you know, wrong is that? But here Kiki, you know, she was just this awesome person. But you know what's sad? There's a sad part to the story. Food got away and, uh, well, I guess food addiction got away with her. And she started um, eating dairy and carbohydrates and she lost all of her hair again. Uh, well, at least there was the moment of the success to show that, hey, if you can stick with it. Uh, these things do work. Food is like a powerful thing. You know, people, I understand the addiction piece of it. It's, it's real. It's there. Yeah. That's a, being a food addict, food addict is a, is a rough thing. And, and if you get down into a, a bad week, that could take you off just like, right. One hit gets the drug addict back into their thing. Right. And you know, you can have two days of sugar and the next thing you know, you know, if you, if you're not, 
you're not on it and you're, you're, you have some weaknesses there, it's, it can get out of control. Um, yeah, the alopecia thing, when I see that, I've seen it in, um, I was at the store the other day and I saw someone with their child and I just, you know, and I'm sure you feel this way too. You just want to pull them aside and be like, I think I can help you, <laughs> you know, but you can't. And, you know, I'm seeing this poor little girl with her, you know, a bald spot on the back of her head and I'm just going, oh, there's got to be an answer here. Um, I'm glad you mentioned dairy. So, Dairy, grains, legumes, you know, we know that this affects, but it, sometimes people with Hashimoto's and, and autoimmune disorders will eliminate like, you know, the grains and the gluten, but then they don't take it the step further with the others. And dairy is inflammatory, um, particularly in these environments, and you have to eliminate it. It doesn't mean you might not be able to sprinkle it in another time or have a cheat on there or check it out, but it is something to do full elimination. I suggest anyone with autoimmune disorders, absolutely. Um, you just got to eliminate that stuff in order to get better. Yeah. What are some, um, what are some other, uh, people you've helped? I know you work with everyone around the world, uh, through Skype and, and help people. Uh, what are some other things that stand out to you and some experiences you've, you've shared with people? Um, I did just get back. I was in Russia speaking about, um, ketogenic diets with, uh, it's one of the leading, uh, doctors for epilepsy and just seeing, you know, the left and right testimonies, like even in Russia, keto is real. It is everywhere. Um, but MS is a big one. Um, I guess that one really stands out with me, especially someone who, um, Sarah was in a wheelchair and she was able to walk even on her tippy toes. That was it. But she still was able to, you know, go into remission and feel so much better. And like those types of things are life changing people getting off of blood pressure medication that happens really fast. Um, you know, when you're getting rid of those, you know, carbohydrates and that water retention, um, you know, and I want to highlight that. So high blood pressure is often insulin resistance. So if anyone out there has been told by a doctor that they've got to go on blood pressure medication, I would check thyroid and also your HbA1c because this could be a diet and or thyroid thing. Oftentimes, if those are corrected, you don't have to go on the stuff and the blood pressure gets regulated. Absolutely. And one story, this kind of reminded me, um, I had a female client and her husband was a heart surgeon and he would often tease her because her cholesterol was really high high and his was really low. So it was always like this family joke and she was pretty concerned about it and she ate very keto. He did not want to do anything about it. Um, well, we encouraged her to get her A1C and her calcium score done. Well, her calcium score was zero and that is how much, um, plaque is built up in the arteries, right? And his was in the 500s. He was a minute away from a heart attack or stroke. And so he was very, very grateful that he was enlightened to what really is causing these heart issues. And it's not elevated cholesterol. Like, you know, if anybody has a thyroid issue or any sort of hormone issue, your cholesterol is going to be elevated because cholesterol makes healthy hormones. Just like when women go into menopause, their cholesterol usually goes almost through the roof. And the, you know, the doctors get all worried and like want to put them on a statin drug, but it's not that their, you know, arteries are filled with plaque or they're going to have a heart attack. It's because they have low progesterone, um, and their cholesterol is elevating to help put out more progesterone, even though that's their ovaries are not going to do that anymore. Um, it's not a bad thing. 
Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that's related to a lot of people who have been living a low-fat and or you know vegan vegetarian lifestyle. Um, there's there's a lot of testimonies of people who didn't get their periods till much later, like 20 years old, right? Delayed and or early menopause. And again, we're talking about lack of cholesterol a lot of times, right? So again, it's such an important precursor to the hormones. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. So what would you? So when you're looking at lipids, you know, and, and, and you're taking a look is obviously there's an old paradigm of doctors looking at it and being alarmed. And then the new paradigm where doctors in our space would be like, you're fine because they see that the, the, you know, the cholesterol might be high, but the other values give us a snapshot of what we can look for. What's important, obviously low triglycerides. Can you give us just like a snapshot so we can kind of take a look you know, and kind of know how to monitor this? This is what I would say at first. Don't get your blood work done when you're losing weight. Um, when you're releasing all of this fat from your cells into your bloodstream, your triglycerides are going to be abnormally high. Things are not going to look totally, you know, right. Um, and then there's something called a lean mass hyperlipid responder. I was lucky enough to have Dave Feldman. Are you familiar with him? I'm not, but I'm going to be looking into him now. He is like a human pin cushion. He's amazing. He shows how just three days of changing your diet will change your cholesterol tremendously. Three days. Wow. Yes. And so he, um, approached me, um, at a speaking event um, I believe it was KetoCon. He said, I'd like to do your cholesterol because I believe that yours is going to be quite high because I think you're a lean mass, mass hyperlipid responder. And it's someone that works out a lot, is pretty lean, has a lot of muscle mass. Um, and sure enough, my cholesterol was almost in the 300s, not quite. Um, but my triglycerides were extremely low. Um, I had good LDL. And, you know, especially if anybody has any you know, like, you know, your, your thyroid book and your, your paleothyroid solution, you know, people with thyroid issues or adrenal fatigue or any sort of hormone issues, their cholesterol is going to be high. So what I find interesting is in this society, we keep pushing down that cholesterol number, um, and putting people on statin drugs, but yet the blood sugars, we keep accepting higher and higher numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when I was uh, really severely hypothyroid twice in a decade, during those times, my lipid panel was not good. <clears throat> you know, it didn't look right. And I remember being like, huh? But the moment I corrected my thyroid, it all went back to normal. It's just like people out there are listening, you have to think of, you know, hypothyroidism being a state of poor metabolism or even the opposite hyper. And so your body's not burning and processing the fat the way it should. And so of course your lipid panels are going to be screwed up. That doesn't mean you need a stand. It means you need to check something else to see why that's the case. And oftentimes when you correct that, it goes back to normal. So for people out there who are scared about some lipid panel or high blood pressure, hey, go down this road we're talking about because there's answers that don't involve medication. Yeah. And I would encourage anyone that's really concerned to get a calcium score done. Um, you know, because that tells you exactly what's going on in your bloodstream. And um, instead of being totally concerned with, you know. Like, what is that test? What is the exact test that people are looking for? The, for the calcium score? Yeah. Um, you're going to go into a, a machine and um, it's kind of like, a, a, you know, a CAT scan type of a thing. Mm. Is that what you mean? 
Uh, yeah, I'm just trying, like, what is the test? Is it a blood test? Is it, like, what do we ask for, you know? Yeah, you know, if you ask for a calcium score, um, if you have, like, heart, to- if the doctor is really concerned with heart disease, you should be covered under insurance. Um, it, otherwise, it's not too expensive of a test. But, you know, you're going to go into a machine. Some people say, oh, the radiation, this and that. My doctor said the radiation is really bad for me. It's like you're going to get more radiation going in an airplane. Um I think that sometimes doctors fight it because, you know, legally they have to tell you what your scores mean. And if they don't understand what they're looking at, sometimes they fight back. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, I often ask for like a ferritin number and I um, asked for a ferritin number. He was a little boy that was 12. And the doctor was like, why are you asking for that? Because he's not a female that's menstruating. Mm -hmm. You know, I said, I think he has celiacs. I don't think he's absorbing. He's not a vegetarian. And sure enough, he was extremely low causing all of these other issues. But that was just showing me that he's not digesting or absorbing these minerals that he needs. Absolutely. And that's why we always check ferritin with hypopatients because you just can't hold on to iron in these scenarios. That's why they often get low in D and you know all these things that you know. And for people wondering out there, when you're looking at a ferritin range of like, sometimes the standard is 10 to 150, you're looking between a, you know, a good score of 50 to 100. Um, if something's really over 100 significantly, then that's a sign of inflammation masking the ferritin if you're not taking iron and didn't like overshoot it. So those are things to look out for. But it is absolutely imperative. And it's often the missing link with thyroid stuff. It's just often a dumb missing link. That's like a $10 bottle of iron that (laughs) resolves it. So it's very easy fix everybody. And if you're a woman and you're feeling run down, you know, it's a $50 test you can do on your own through private MD labs and take a look at that. And that might be where you start. Cause you know, as you know, low ferritin can lead to thyroid problems and other issues as well. And doctors laughed at me too, when I requested things. And again, I think Glad you brought this up. We've talked about it a lot on the podcast, but hey, if a doctor's patronizing to you, you need to run, find another doctor, or learn a lot on your own. That just shows a lot. Um, I had a doctor laugh at me when I asked to test B12. Turns out I was horribly deficient at the time, and he laughed at me, and then the result came back. And I was like, are you kidding me? You know, it's really tough to be in a state of ill health and have a doctor who you're going to, to help save you. That's your goal. And then they patronize you and, or get angry because of ego, because they don't understand a test you're asking for. Um, and I've had that happen with reverse T3 many times. Um, and it happened recently where a patient, a client in Hawaii, uh, I said, you know, ask for the reverse T3. And she goes, we don't, we don't test that. And he goes, well, I need to test it. And she goes, well, we only test that. Like if you're in the ICU, And I said, well, isn't that interesting? Why would they test it if you're in the ICU, right? ICU is like intensive care unit. Why would they test that? Because that's how important reverse T3 is to life. So why wouldn't you test it outside of the ICU? I mean, just her comment right there proved the validity validity of getting it tested, right? So it's, it's tough. You've got to sometimes argue and work with people, but there's a way. There's a way to do some of the testing on your own while you find a good doctor, trying to help maybe educate a current doctor. But everyone out there, don't get discouraged. Uh, Doctors are not all bad, but there's just some uninformed ones out there that are trenched in ego, right? And, you know. Yeah, they definitely do get triggered. And I just feel like, 
you know, we talk about, you know, nutrients and where to find the nutrients. And, um, a lot of people, like I I joke that we're carnivores and people are like, well, how do you get the nutrients that are in fruits and veggies? And I was like, I will show you any chart, like you name the, you know, the mineral or vitamin, and I will show you, uh, animal like liver or whatever it is that's higher in that vitamin than the, you know, blueberries or kale we, you know, tout. But I think that doctors are so afraid of encouraging, you know, red meat or saturated fat because they think it's, you know, the leading cause of heart disease. But if you look at the sheath of our bones, you know, like osteopenia and osteoporosis is going through the roof right now. If you look at the sheath of our bones, they're made up of fat and they're not made of just any fat. They're made up of saturated fat. So vegetarians, vegans that think that saturated fat is so bad, you might want to get your bone density checked. Absolutely. Absolutely. And saturated fat is like 50% of breast milk, everybody. So that should say everything right there. Yeah, I spoke at this event where it was my hometown and the woman before me was a dietitian that was talking so bad about saturated fat and cholesterol and it was talking about canola oil and stuff. I was like, oh, oh you should God. use that. So she's but- trading one good thing for a horrible thing. And so I was like, how am I supposed to follow this woman? And I, cause I'm not a mean person. I do not want her to make, make her feel bad or whatnot. And so that's what I started with. I said, here, everybody agrees that breast milk is the best thing for a newborn baby, right? And everybody agreed. And I was like, do you know that that's primarily made up of saturated fat and cholesterol? At what point are we, is it bad for us? Right. Like, so, so are you saying that, right? Like, so then that means just like women as species are wrong, right? That's, that we weren't born wrong. I mean, otherwise babies would never have survived if the breast milk thing was wrong. <laughs> I mean, it just totally. makes no sense. Yeah. Totally. What are, um, you know, there's, it, it is a big movement. It's um, it's imperative that, you know, because everyone should just jump on this because they're so frustrated with their weight, you know, or, or whatever it is. There's not, sometimes it's, you've got to ease into it. If you've got a health situation where you need to go there right away, that's important. But I, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I would assume that unless someone's got an imperative medical issue where they need to get into ketosis immediately, that you would suggest what we suggest or Mark suggests, which is, go down the road a little bit first, maybe for a month, kind of changing the diet, getting low carb and then kind of adapted and then taking it further. What's your philosophy there? Well, I I guess I kind of like to work with whatever works for you. Some people really want to rip the bandaid off and it works really well, you know, (laughs) like let's do it. And you know, if you do the right, uh, you know, electrolyte balance and all of that, it it can be, a you know, people talk about this keto flu. I like to call it the carb withdrawal. Um, but there is a little bit of a process for me. Um, I'm the type of person when I would see a college syllabus, I'd get really overwhelmed. And so for me, I always made new baby goals all the time. Kind of like what you're talking about. Let's, you know, focus on breakfast. Let's get rid of all the cereal in the house and let's replace it with eggs. Right. Um, and then just start to slowly change over your diet, especially if you're working with a whole family, it can be kind of a shock. Um, my kids are eight and nine. They don't know. They know no difference. I'm not a short order cook. They, they eat what I make. Um, but if you have, you know, children at home and you want to try to slowly change your whole future, your family's future, just, you know, repl- don't don't buy any more cereals, don't buy any more crackers, chips. Obviously that type of stuff is bad, but just start filling your pantry with healthy 
food options. And like you said, you know, slowly transitioning is fine. I guess it just depends. Some people are like all or nothing and they want it now. Um, sure. And I think that that's absolutely fine. Um, but you just want the right, um, you know, maybe supplements to help you get through the, the carb withdrawal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had, I had, I was a big sugar addict and I had some carb withdrawals there. Um, and in hindsight, I realized I could have probably helped myself through that time with some MCT or some other things that I didn't know about at the time. But, um, I definitely, if you're coming off a, a sugar addict food obsession, carbohydrate kind of dependency, uh, there can be some moments, but it wasn't more than a couple of weeks for me. And I know for some people it was only a couple of days. And I granted, had I known some of the hacks I know now, I, I bet it would have been easier. But um, it doesn't take long no. to to really have that brain light up and go, oh my gosh, this there's something here. Totally. And that's where, you know, the whole transition, that's where fat bombs are okay and stuff like that. I do not recommend living off of fat bombs or doing fat fast or egg fast or anything like that. Um, you're going to miss out on a lot of needed nutrients if you do that. But, you know, in that, you know, sugar addiction, you know, where you you know, you're walking by the office candy, you know, jar or whatever, you can have a fat bomb, you know, something like that to help you get through that sugar craving, you know? Let's talk about you. You have, let's talk about all the ways people can benefit from you because you offer so many great resources on your website. You've got a new keto courses, you've got meal plans, phone consultations, you work with people through Skype. How can we tell us the ways that we can benefit from you? Well, I um, understand that everybody's in a different position. And so that's why I offer a free website with over a thousand free recipes and tips and tricks at mariamindbodyhealth.com. I think there's a nice giveaway going on right there if you want to do that. Um, but yeah, I also do uh, Skype consultations um, or you know anything of that matter. Right now, I'm I'm doing a keto uh, coaching program because I keto is getting huge, and so I wanted to coach others to become that best keto coach, um, knowing that you don't have to chase high ketones, you don't need any ketone supplements for any of this. Um, but teaching people the proper way to do keto was really big. And that's at keto-adapted.com. And do you yourself, did you ever regularly test ketones? I'm assuming you're beyond that at this point. It's intuitive for you. Uh, where are you with that? Um, I am not a gadget girl, whether mm -hmm. it be in my kitchen or any aspect of my life. I like very few simple things. Um, so no, I no longer test. But again, we are kind of jokingly carnivores here. Um, there might be a little bit of lettuce in the fridge, but other than that, there's not a lot of vegetables or fruit. Um, so I don't test anymore. Um, but again, we're pretty much zero carbers in the family. So, um, I don't need to go down that route. I, um, I never liked counting points or any of those types of, uh, process. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also like people to know, do not get hung up on a high keto number because that means nothing. I, um, Agreed. Uh, I, I run in a fasted state. And so my ketones, when I did test, would dip to be very low um, during a run. But as soon as I stopped, they'd come back up. But that means you're using ketones for energy. It's not a bad thing to be low. Right. So you could be misgaging the, right. We always talk about that. You're, you're misgaging. It's not, or, or if you, uh, you know, like, of course the, the peace sticks, it's, it kind of means nothing because it doesn't mean that you're necessarily efficiently using the ketones. 
Right. Right. And you could pour a bunch of MCT oil over white rice and read ketones. Are you adapted? <laughs> no, you're not. You're going to gain weight like a banshee. Right. What are, um, uh, Grant, it's not like just, but I'm just curious. What do you know roughly? Like you said, you're zero carbers. I mean, what's your, what's your, you know, range in a day? Is it zero to 15? Like where are you at? Oh, mostly, yeah. Do you think it's never b- above 15 grams of carbohydrates? I don't even know if we have that in our, uh, we're at, we're in Maui right now in our condo. Um, everybody always asks me, where do you eat? Where, where's a great restaurant in Maui? I was like, I cook every meal. Okay. Everybody. I, I enjoy feeding my ha- family. Well, um, you know, we might do some, you know, like tomato sauce in, um, like my sloppy joes, but the, we don't do a lot of, um, you know, I, I don't worry about that, especially now understanding where the nutrients are coming from. Um, the nutrients are found in animal protein that really is. And you shouldn't be afraid of that. That's excellent. Yeah. And I mean, I, anyone's curious too, I just, uh, Dr. Ken Berry was on impact theory talking about him doing carnivore straight up for the past eight months and his blood values and how he's not worried about that. And, and so if people want to hear more about the, his experience as a doctor, um, you can, you can take a look at that interview. Um, I love that. No, I'm curious about your children. So they've been raised this way, right? Um, both of my children are from Ethiopia. So once they came into my life, yes, this is all that they know. I did want to touch on, I do believe that there's a difference between a zero carber and a carnivore. Um, we talked about dairy, you know, a little bit earlier and Ah, Mm -hmm. I see people doing a lot of like bulletproof coffee, um, or cheese or cream cheese or whatever it is, heavy cream, and they'll call themselves a carnivore. I believe that's a zero carber, uh, a carnivore. You got to think is eating meat and you know, that type of stuff, probably no dairy. Um, so if you're like, yeah, that's a good distinction. Yeah. Yeah. Tried carnivore and it didn't work. If you're still doing a lot of cheese and stuff, that's probably why you didn't have the success you wanted. Yeah. Really good point there. Um, what is something that you'd really like to share with our audience about uh, your experience or what you've experienced with all the clients you've worked with about keto and why we might all want to take a look at, you know, checking it out, trying to go down this road? I guess I think that there's so many ways to live your life. And for a long time, I was plagued by when is my next meal? What am I having for lunch when I was at breakfast? Or I don't Mm -hmm. feel I was living my true life. I wasn't my happy self that I am now, I feel like I'm a totally different person, um, now than I was as a teenager. And I should have been feeling really good then. And I didn't, and I felt like I wasted a big part of my life, um, thinking about food, um, too. you know, and I, just, I know I almost want to like cry for my oh. own food. Cause when you said that, see, I say that a lot too, cause I would, eat lunch and I would be thinking as I was eating lunch about what I could get away with for dinner. I was already thinking, I mean, that it doesn't matter how much you weigh. That's a disaster obsession. It's, it's, it's a horrible place to live. And I I'm with you. So much of my life was spent there and it feels so free to not think about it and not be obsessed or not care and have it run your life. And man, I just want to like sometimes cry for all, like, like you said, kind of a, a wasted life in a way of the energy being focused there. But here's a quote from your dad. We are most human when we are not eating. I remember him saying that um, on a podcast with Jimmy Moore, 
and oh wait, did you say Marks? He's not my dad, but I wish he was. No, but I do look. I look a little bit like his daughter. She's got white blonde hair too. I, it's funny you said that because he looks more like my dad than my own father does. No, he's just my boss and publisher. But I, I said it's funny. I was talking to C.J. Hunt earlier of the Perfect Human Diet, and I said, you know, I kind of wish Mark was my dad that's because we, where I got that from. I'm so sorry. Love him so much. Yeah. No, no, no. That's okay. It's a, it's a compliment. No, but he. Yeah, I agree with that. Say that again. Uh, we are most human when we are not eating. And it's so true. We are very animalistic when we're eating. I mean, think about a lion. He doesn't want to be bugged when he's eating and neither do we. We want to, you know, like, and then, but I feel like I can go out and live my life when I'm not plagued about food all the time. And people get really stressed out about this whole intermittent fasting thing. Yep. Believe me, it took me about 10 years to even think about not having a meal. Okay. Because I told you, I love food. I will always love food. And to start intermittent fasting was not easy for me. So if you're not doing intermittent fasting and you feel like a failure, please don't. don't. Yeah. And if it's a real struggle for you and your brain, then do a modified version where maybe you have a little something before noon, but don't be pushing it to push it. Right. Right. And you know, like closing the window a little bit is good. So you're not always digesting food so your body can focus on healing other parts of your cells. And that's what Mark meant. He meant like in the fast, it's like that's when all the good shit is happening. Autophagy, all of the repair, right? And then when we're eating, that's the relax and mode. And that's that's the different mode. Totally. And so, you know, shortening that window is good. But, you know, now that one of the funniest, um, mean comments that I've gotten on one of my um, Amazon reviews. I usually don't look at them because I'm too sensitive, but my husband said, got a really funny, bad review. I was like, oh boy. He goes, no, it's great. I hate this diet. I'm always full. That is the point. (laughs) Well, that's a, that's still a a food addict who's got the mind go. They're still having, they're missing something. (laughs) Really funny satire magazine out of um, Wisconsin where I live called the onion. And it, the, Oh, I love the onion. Yeah, the onion. It's from Wisconsin. The front of the page said, um, Americans now eat one continuous meal a day. (laughs) (laughs) It's You know what? I used to be like that, and I probably didn't have any breaks with my digest. I was probably – by the way, I want to mention too, you know, when I became pre-diabetic, part of that was – overeating even good foods can be inflammatory. Okay. I was eating way too much protein. I was, you know, in it. So it doesn't matter that it's from a good list overeating in and of itself. So that's some, another place to monitor. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I never recommend just throwing down like bulletproof coffees and things like that, because you can drink a lot of fat. It's not a good thing. I'm really glad you mentioned that because I had a client who was having issues and I go, well, well, what's your, what do you think bulletproof coffee is? And she was like two tablespoons of MCT, two tablespoons of butter. I'm like, dude, in one drink, you just had like 600 calories. (laughs) Like that's not, that's not going to help you out. If you sat down to eight eggs, that is equivalent to that drink. Right? And you would probably stop because you're bored and full and done. And feeling gross just to, yeah. to, to over, overhaul a fat there, just kind of too but much in one blast, yeah. We're not discussing the mold issues with coffee or the caffeine issues with coffee, especially when it comes to thyroid or adrenal issues. Like, it, it's just, we're, I just don't like it when people say, well, I fast until one o'clock, but I just had a, you know, a huge bulletproof coffee. It's like, well, you just had, you know, 600 calories of fat. It, you're not fasting. You just ruined your whole day. Now, now you can't have the fun stuff like right. the avocado and all the other stuff you're going to eat later, like whatever. Chew my calories. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, honestly, everyone's got to check 
your workout and we'll post everything. Also, you've got a great Instagram with like over, you know, 116K followers. Uh, Maria Mind Body Health is the tag. Of course, we'll put all the links in the show notes, but her cookbooks and her books are amazing and what she's offering is great. Uh, just, I just love what you're putting out there. We so need all of your work in this world because you're making it so much easier for all of us to wrap our head around it and providing guidance. You know, this is something where people need to talk to someone. Sometimes it's hard to read a book and get it. I know, but that's why you're awesome because we can, you know, just listen to it because a lot of people, you know, reading is different, but I just want to thank you for your work too and getting the word out there. Well, what else would you like to leave our audience with in closing? Um, just that I, you know, I feel very blessed, um, you know, to just find peace with food. And I hope that you can too. And I know you can. Um, it's just the act of actually doing it. Yeah, you really can. I mean, I'm, I, I really, and again, half of our success stories on a Mark's Daily Apple on Friday. Yes, they lost 100 pounds. Yes, they cured their acne. But the, the biggest thoroughfare and the one for me too was I'm no longer obsessed with food. <laughs> and that is what you just said. That is really, the saving grace for anybody who's out there listening going, damn it, I'm thinking about every meal too before the next one. Then you need to look into Maria's work. Um, what's coming up next for you? Um, I'm uh, currently, as I'm here in Maui, working on a keto air fryer book. Uh, I said no more books, but my publisher begged for an air fryer book. And that's something that we use just about every day. So it's it's a pretty easy um you know, recipe book for me to write. And I feel almost lost if I'm not working on something. I feel, um, I, I, I love work. I, I don't, you know, go out or drink or, you know, do that type of stuff. I feel, I feel good helping other people. And that's what I like to do. I, you know, I've been thinking about that air fryer and I'm like, that might be my next gadget. So you're a huge fan, huh? I am. It is like, I, I use that all the time, even when I, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I love it. That's incredible. Well, get a big one. Get a big one. Those little ones, man, I was disappointed because you only can fit so much stuff in there. And I like to have leftovers so my kids can easily heat things up. And that's what it's great for. You don't have to use a microwave. You can heat it up in the air fryer and everything's nice and crispy. Oh, nice. Yes. And you can make a steak in there, hon. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm going to be, and also I would say the same thing about the Instapot. I got a mini, but I would suggest getting the larger one as well for leftovers, et cetera, or you have people over and you want to make more than just like a couple of servings and you can fit bigger pieces of meat and things in it. Um, thank you so much for joining us again, MariaMindBodyHealth.com, And we will put all of the ways to connect with her on social media and all of her books in the show notes. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Hi, Brad Kearns here with something different than a stiff commercial script message. I want to give you an authentic endorsement for one of my favorite supplements of all time. It's called Adaptogenic Calm. It used to be called Primal Calm, and the key ingredient in this formula is called Phosphatidylserine, or PS. And this agent has been shown in hundreds of studies to blunt the catabolic effects of the stress hormone cortisol in the bloodstream that's released in response to all forms of life stress. Whether it's a series of difficult workouts, extensive jet travel, personal stress of any kind, we're constantly triggering the fight or flight mode in modern life, 
And when people say, hey, you should take a chill pill, this really is a chill pill. Because when you consume an appropriate amount of phosphatidylserine and the other supportive ingredients that have been known to have a calming effect on the central nervous system, things like magnesium, L-theanine, magnolia bark, and rhodiola, you will get a calming effect. It's not like a stimulant product that makes you feel more energy and have a better workout. But instead, this sort of takes the edge off of that stress buzz where you feel that foggy brain function, maybe a little shaky and finally fried at the end of a busy, stressful day. This stuff will help you clear your bloodstream from those catabolic stress hormones before they can do the damage. So I like to take significant quantities of it in and around stressful events, such as jet travel or in those heavy training cycles when you're really pushing your body and trying so hard not to fall into that overtraining, overstress, foggy brain function spiral downward. That's right, phosphatidylserine has also been shown to enhance cognitive function. It's commonly used in Europe on cognitive decline patients. And you can make that connection between when you're frazzled and overstressed and how your brain doesn't work quite as well. So this is a brain function enhancing, stress hormone reducing, secret weapon, adaptogenic calm. Look for it on primalblueprint.com.